Welcome to the Top Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Walsh, best-selling author of Escape the Owner Prison, the contractor's new way to scale, regain control, and fast-track growth while loving life. Outstanding guest today. I've got Mike Claudio with us today. Now, Mike is many things, but primarily he's an outstanding business coach. He's uh, been in the trades. He's still in the trades. He's got a demo company now. Uh, he's creating leaders, you know, so I'm going to, I'm not going to get into too much on who Mike is because he's going to do that because he's the expert on himself. So uh, no further ado here, Mike, come on board. How you doing today? Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. We've been talking about doing this for a, for a few weeks now, so I'm, I'm happy to finally make it happen. Um, doing great. Trying to deal with the, the rain right now, like everybody else, but it's what it is. Yeah, that's when you when you work outside. That's your that's your nemesis right there all the time, right? It is, yes, it is. And we've had you know so many different storms and hurricanes and tropical storms this year. It's you know it seems like it's been one wave after another here in the Carolinas. Yeah, that's uh, that's never any. It's there's there's positives and negatives to both that I'm sure, especially when you're if you're doing restoration or you're in demolition and everything else. So there's 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 quite a bit to to keep you busy, I'm sure. So why don't you bring us up to speed, Mike? Just kind of give us a little backstory where you're coming from, so the so the listeners can get to know who you really are. Sure. So I spent uh, the early part of my career in corporate America. I worked for Verizon Wireless for just under ten years kind of ran its course and I kind of got done with that and got into the construction industry as vice president of business development for a remodeling company, uh, helped them grow pretty substantially, moved on to a roofing company for a couple of years, helped them grow pretty substantially. And then realized I had a knack, kind of an enjoyment for coaching and growing businesses. So I, I started a coaching company. I'm sure you have a very similar story as to how you got into doing it. You enjoy it. And, you know, I love coaching. I love helping. I love making people better. And I found an enjoyment for the industry and saw a really big need for a lot of really great people, great humans that were phenomenal operators, but struggle on the business side, struggle on the specifically relationship building, the growth, the systems, the strategies, the leadership side. And I said, I, I want to make an impact on the industry. So about two years ago, I started WinRate Consulting, primarily focused on sales, business development and leadership for contractors and home service companies. Um, and we're doing that pretty consistently. I've coached you know, almost 60 companies in the last two years, one-on-one. -on -one, and I have, a you know, group coaching as well that I've been able to just really make impacts on people's businesses, specifically this year and helping people kind of modernize their approach and get a little bit more creative and and pivot a little bit from their, their, their typical standard operating procedures on the way that they grow their business. Because you had to this year, you had to get creative, you had to modernize, you had to get technology involved. Yeah, Mike, that is a big deal. That's a, you know, just like what I do, right? We're, I'm out to help 10,000 business owners escape you in a prison. Um, very similar to what you're doing, because these guys need the help. We always go from guys who are technicians, right? They're in the trenches, they're working, they, they, they want to do a better job than who maybe they're working for. And then they want to, you know, they, they start their own gig and they get going and they start to, you know, they, they stay busy, they're working, but they never kind of get out of that day-to-day that -day rut. So I think what you're talking about is exactly what I do as well, is really helping these guys understand business um, and not just their craft, okay? They're, they're experts at their craft, but we really want to teach them business and bring them on to a level that, that they can grow their business, scale their business, get the right people to work for them, and still have a life to live, right? Yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely super important to have those systems and strategies in place. So like, you're just not an employee of your own business, right? I see so many guys who, if they're not working, if they're not operating, you know, they don't make money. And really that's cool. And I mean, it's great to be a business owner, but in that, in that world where you're not understanding systems, processes, scalability, 
you know, ways to keep the machine working. So leads are coming in and money's coming in and projects are growing, that kind of thing. You end up just being an employee to your own business. And that's just not a lot of fun long-term. No, it's not. I've been there, you know? So when, you know, when I started, that's how it was. And I thought it was great. I mean, I'm making a ton of money and it was good, but I'll tell you what, if I was out for a week or two, the, the business suffered, you know? So I, you know, I had to learn kind of the hard way myself that this is not the way to run a real business. You know, I mean, like you said, it's great when you're there and you're healthy and everything is going and you're hustling. But, man, it just always seemed it was just week to week, month to month. You know, there was never any there was never a time to relax, even mentally. You know, and I know as entrepreneurs, we're always kind of 24 seven in our minds, which is OK. We're kind of built that way. We're wired that way. But that's not really what it is. You know, that it's stress and anxiety. It's not I'm thinking of future growth. I'm not working on my vision. I'm not thinking about where I want to take this and how I'm going to do it, which is those are the good 24 seven thoughts, you know, so you want to be able to eliminate those bad thoughts, right? No, absolutely. You know, and it's, I run into this a lot. I'm sure you did. And like what you just said is like, you just don't know what you don't know. Right. Like most, most contractors, and I'm going to say most, most that I've worked with got into business because they're like, I can just, I can do this better than my boss. Right. I work for a company and I can do this better than they can. And you just, there's so much behind the scenes and so much unknown on how to keep a sustainable business long term. It's not just like be busy April, May, June, July, and August. Like there's a lot more to that than you know keeping track of your numbers, making sure that you're profitable, keeping up with a PL, making sure your marketing's working, making sure your social media presence is right, making sure your process and your client experience is where it needs to be. There's a lot more than just producing work to the construction industry. And I think a lot of people kind of fall victim to the not fully understanding that. No, I agree. I think what happens is they think, and this is their, this is the wrong thought process, kind of a misconception on their part, is they think they're supposed to be experts in everything you just said. And that kills them, right? Because you're not going to be. You're just not going to be an expert in all those things. No, outsource bookkeeping immediately. If you're trying to keep your own books, the cost of outsourcing it is nothing. And that person does it all the time. We're talking about a couple hundred bucks a month to make sure that your books are right. That's that's not something you should be spending your time doing. Like you're, you're going to be frustrated. You're going to be annoyed. You're, it's going to take more time than it should because you're not, you don't do it all the time. Like something as simple as that two to $300 expense puts 10 hours a month, if not more back into your time. And for bigger businesses, even more than that. So little things like that can go a long way in getting you focused on what you are an expert at, like you said, and, but those other tasks still need to be done at an expert level. So why not get somebody else to do it? Yeah. And the other thing too, when you look at that, just on the bookkeeping aspect, you it, it's going to increase your profit. All right. Because that bookkeeping, now this is, we're just talking a bookkeeper, right? Someone's actually keeping your stuff straight. Then you're turning it over to your CPA. What you've just done by doing that is now you've cut the hours down the CPA has to spend on your work, right? So they can, they can, they can tell you exactly what they need. They can do it. Now you're not paying the high dollar guy, to be going through this nonsense. It's it's the same principle, right? It's like your CPA, think of him like you. You don't want to be doing the book work. He doesn't want to be doing the petty. He doesn't want to go through a box of receipts, all right? You don't want to pay your CPA to go through a box of receipts. So it's kind of a, it's kind of that, uh, we'll call it the value ladder to use that. You know, each person that you get is saving the next person some work so they can stay in their, you know, zone of genius and really help benefit you. Yeah, I think it really comes down to like the scarcity mindset where people are afraid to spend money because they're they're so used to like 
you know, small profit margins or they're not priced right or they've lost a couple of money or they hired somebody or outsourced something that didn't go well and they get afraid to do it or they're, they're unsure like what the right amount of money to spend on whatever that outsourced service is. And I mean, you got to be smart. You don't make massive mistakes, but you don't want to be stagnant by not making decisions because of the fear of making mistakes. And you know, I see a lot of people get stuck in that way, get stuck in that process of, I don't know what to do because I don't know what I don't know. So I'm going to do nothing. And that's where you see businesses that stagnate at a certain level. Like a lot, a lot of people hit that, you know, $250,000 a year, $500,000 a year, never quite get to that million dollar mark because they just get stagnant in growth. They get stagnant in decision-making. They get stagnant out of fear. And there's only just, there's only so many things that can go wrong. And sometimes like, look, we're coaches, right? Hire experts who have been there before you were. This is not a coaching pitch. It's just ask your neighbor, ask your friends, join an association, ask your competition. Hey, how are you guys solving this? I see ego play such a big role where people are afraid to ask for help, but also afraid to give help. And it's really like, if you make the industry better, if contractors just get better as a whole, you know, homeowners get more confident and comfortable, contractors start winning differently. You start being able to charge more because of the, the fear starts to go away because the industry as a whole is getting better. But don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, get, put your ego aside for the benefit of the business because there's so many people that are impacted positively and negatively when you do a good job or you do a bad job running your business. Yeah, Mike, that's, I mean, you just, I mean, you just, you, you just said everything that I say. <laughs> so, and it's so important, but let me ask you, because I, I am 100% in agreement with everything you said. We, you and I both see this every day, but let me ask you what, how do you begin to get someone into that transition to get their mind right? You know what I mean? To start Because you, like you said, the scarcity aspect, you know, they're clutching so hard to the dollars they have, they're not able to use any to grow. So what's kind of your, you know, I mean, I don't need super detail, but, you know, what's the process to start changing that mindset for someone? I think it's getting to the root of the fear for me is what are you actually afraid of happening? And what I uncovered was a lot of people, leaders and business owners, and even employees alike that I've talked to over the last couple of years is they're so afraid of like step six in the process that they don't know how to solve step six. They don't take step one. And what people miss is that you learn how to solve step six when you accomplish step one through five. And if you don't take step one because you're afraid of step six, you're supposed to be afraid of step six. You haven't earned the right to the knowledge of how to solve step six but they don't take step one. And when I finally got to the, I got to the root of that and uncovered that and kind of like started digging how to solve that. What I realized is a lot of people are afraid that if they go in a direction, they implement an initiative that if it doesn't work, they're going to end up back where they started. And it's going to be a giant waste of time and money. And what I think many people don't understand is once you implement something you never go back to where you started. You always end up in a better place. Maybe it wasn't a success, but you learned more. You pivoted. You know, I always use the example of block. They get scared. They, they retract back. They come back to where they started, their comfort zone, and then they never get anywhere. And the, the reality is, is growth happens outside the comfort zone, right? Whether No matter what, if it's a financial, you're putting somebody else in charge, you're delegating responsibility, you're, you're creating some sort of a diverse leadership role within your organization, you're afraid to give that up. Well, growth happens outside the comfort zone. So by definition, it is going to be uncomfortable to make those decisions. That's just the reality of the situation. So if you want to get better, if you want to grow, if you want to make more money, expect and plan for the discomfort. 
know that in, if you're feeling that right now as a business owner, congratulations, you're probably heading the right direction. It doesn't feel like it because the internet and social society preaches, you know, winning is comfort. That is incredibly incorrect. There's a lot of discomfort to growth. It should be expected if you want to do anything meaningful in life, which owning a business, no matter how big or small is meaningful, you're impacting lives. Discomfort's part of that. So like make those decisions, expect discomfort, lean into it, get help, right? Ask experts, ask friends and family, ask ex, you know other people in your marketplace. But like that decision fatigue around the fear, I think it comes because people are trying to solve problems too far down the track, as opposed to taking one step at a time. And then being able to like understand that the discomfort is part of it and don't, don't get scared of it, like lean into it. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. I mean, I, I use a lot of, you know, fitness analogies, same thing in the gym, right? You go the first day, you haven't worked out in a year or 10 years or six months, whatever, you're going to be sore, right? It's going to hurt next day, two days later, you, you can barely, you know, bend your arms. Okay. But then you keep going as you get through it. Okay. Now you get comfortable with that. You start getting better, but then, you know, you, Hey, I miss that soreness, you know, so I got to kind of crank up the workout. I'm going to, I'm going to push myself a little harder. I'm going to get a spotter. I'm going to push a little more weight, you know, and then, oh, look, the soreness is back. And all of a sudden you realize that your muscles are growing, right? Because, because you went through that pain, your business is exactly the same, like you're saying. It's so important that people understand that. What I have found over the years is that it is like in our industry, right? So we're talking trade service industry, stuff like that. You're really only connecting with maybe 15 to 20, 25% of those owners who are willing to really face that discomfort, right? So we're out because because they, they, they know that they know there's something there. They don't understand it like you're saying, but if someone can give them a roadmap, then give them step one and know that there's a step six, like you're saying, it's so important that they can see the roadmap you know, like if you start driving from Chicago, you're going to California. Well, you can see where California is on the map, but you also got to look and see where you got to drive first, right? What's the first right turn? What's the first left turn? It's the same principle, but people have to get really comfortable with being uncomfortable, like you're saying. I think that's a really powerful statement. I mean, it's, it's in all parts of life. You know, there's not one bucket, right? There's family, there's finances, there's faith, there's your fitness, there's your business. There's so many different things that, you know, I think people don't push themselves out of their comfort zone often enough. Um, Cause that's where growth happens. That's where confidence happens. That's where self-belief comes from. So I think it's super important to like find ways to stretch and, and really push yourself to the limit. And I think also on that same note, when you talk about coaches, and mentors and everything else. We talk about this a lot. We've had them our whole life. Sometimes people don't even realize it. You know, I had done a, a question on Facebook about who was your, you know, who was your biggest mentor? Who was a big influence growing up, whether it was in your life or your business? And it was an incredible response. You know, these people are name and name. Some people, probably the first time they may have thought of that, right? Because you don't realize who actually impacted you in your life till you look back at And maybe you do, but then you realize, wow, man, I need that again. You know, you don't outgrow it because you were 15 at the time and now you're 28 and you think you don't need it. You know, I mean, you've got you got to look for the next level of that person that can help you. And there's all kinds of different coaches and mentors and people gel with different people. You know, that's why I often say this when I you know have guests like you on. I'm a coach. You're a coach. People are like, well, why do you do that? Again, it's that it's that uh, scarcity mindset. Why would you bring another guy who's in the same industry coach? And I go, because I'm good with that. 
You know, there's too many people to help. I can't help everybody, you know, and people are attracted to different people for different reasons. But the thing is that we're there and we're available and both of our, we're on the same mission. I don't care. I mean, is, is the staff sergeant mad at the sergeant? Right. Because they're both on their own. They're on the same mission. Right. We all have roles to do. We have we have a mission to accomplish. So it's important that guys understand uh, that reaching out and asking for that help, you know, find the people that can do the most for them. And again, we all outgrow coaches, too. I'm sure you've experienced this. You know, we've had guys who help us. They take us to a certain level. And then, hey, look what happened. I'm the smartest guy in the room. I got to find a new room. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just the age old tale of like what got me here is not going to get me there. And I think so many people get stuck in like the, our industry is incredibly like, well, this is the way it's always been done. Right. This is how my dad did it or this is how we've always done it. And, you know, what got you here is not going to get you there. And with employees and, you know, you see this, I'm sure you see this where they got that really like their best employee just is not living up to the next season of the business. Right. They're not scaling in skill set and capacity as the business needs are growing and they like, they get hesitant to like replace that person or get rid of that person. And like, am I suggesting you fire all your employees? No, but understand your best employee yesterday may not be your best employee for tomorrow. And that's just the reality of a business as a business needs scales, the value of its employees need to scale. And not everybody's interested in doing that. And I see a lot of times businesses hurt because they're afraid to get rid of or uncomfortable getting rid of or adjusting the responsibilities of or hiring around the weaknesses of their best employees. And that's just that scarcity mindset where I can't find somebody as good as him. Like you probably could if you really wanted to. Um, but it's so true. It's so true that you grow out of all types of things as you, but even as markets change, right? It's not just the coach. It's not just the mentor. It's, you know, the requirements change. The, the approach changes, the expectations change, the way the clients make decisions change. And if you're not adapting and understanding the current way the market operates, you're just, you're going to, you'll eventually just fizzle out. Yeah, I agree. So two things on that. First, what I think what you're talking about too is misplaced loyalty. All right. So that's a biggie you keep, because you love that guy. Maybe he was one of your first employees. He helped grow you to that level. Like you said, he's not, he can't step up to the next level, but that, you may, you know, loyalty is a good thing, right? But you still got to run a business, all right? And if you got to make those tough decisions and believe it or not, that guy will probably be happier somewhere else at that point because of the demands that you, you want him to step up to, he's not going to be able to for one, right? So you, so you got to kind of learn that maybe you're really doing them a favor. It doesn't feel good right now, but it could be a better thing for him, you know, going forward. I think that's that's a biggie on that. And it, it doesn't mean get rid of them. It might mean like reassign responsibilities too, right? Like maybe you need to hire around that person's weaknesses and transition their roles and responsibilities. And that's that's just the reality of things that happen sometimes. And you, like you said, you got to be loyal to the business above all else. Right. It's really important. Again, that's why also that's the same thing as you scale. You want to hey, you need that time to consider these things. See, and that's what, when we talk about growing and getting uncomfortable is putting people in place to take on these responsibilities that you shouldn't be doing. Like we talked about bookkeeping and everything else, but you need time 
to reflect and look forward on what you're going to have to do, you know, and really put a, a, a very distinct plan in place to address these issues that are coming down the pike. And again, as you deal with people who've already been there, you know, they can let you know what's going to happen. Okay, maybe not in the exact specifics, but listen, at this level, at the $1 million level, you're here, okay? I know 1 million, okay, I could do that on my own, all right? I can hustle and do that. You hit 3 million, all right, I got to need a little help. All right, you start getting breaking past five and seven and eight and 10, all right, that's a whole different animal, okay? You don't do that by yourself. So if you want to reach those levels, this is where you need that great consultation and you really got to have that time and that vision to see what's going to have to be put in place so you can continue to scale. Totally agree. Yeah. It's we knew we were going to say a lot of the same things and agree with each other today, so I'm not surprised. Right. No, it's good. I just, you know, it's like, <laughs> what do you call it? It's called, uh, uh, you know, uh, third person validation, right? <laughs> I can tell you how great I am. I can tell you this, but it's always nice yeah. when you hear it from someone else, right? So, you know, but it's, and I love meeting people like you, you know, because we could talk for hours, right? We could share stories and we could, you know, and we, and we elevate each other. Right. That's why I love working with people. I'm, that's why I'm, again, I'm not afraid to have guests on because I'm learning as I listen to you. Right. Yeah. We know a lot of the same stuff, but you know, just like any good owner. All right. You're always looking for the one nugget, right? We're looking for that one thing that can make a big difference in your business, you know, in your approach to doing things, you know, what have you found as you, as you, as you're working with these guys, you've had a lot of clients working with these people. Can you, if you had to nail it down, give me one or two of the kind of the biggest hurdles that these guys hit that you have to overcome with these guys. I think the fear is the big one, but I think like the, what the actual issue is, is like uh, inconsistent decision-making is a big one where they just like, they can't commit to something for the, the time it takes to actually implement and make it successful. They're like, they pivot too often because of fear. I think the second one is like just time management in general you know, where they don't delegate, they don't outsource, or they just, they don't really put the right amount of time into the right activities, right? Because as a business owner, especially if you're doing several million dollars, you're probably wearing multiple hats. And look, to run a successful business, all those hats need to be filled. But if you don't have the employees to fill them, you have to take on that responsibility. And really, really bad time management is probably one of the biggest issues I see where you dedicate too much time to the wrong task, and then the right tasks are not getting done consistently. Um, kind of that non-mission critical stuff that's necessary for a business to grow. Yeah, that's a great point. I, I think, oh, I think you're 100% right. I'd probably say, number one, the fear is, is you're neck and neck. The two things you just said are neck and neck. Time management and fear, okay? They got fear of success. They got fear of, you know, what if it fails? We got that part. But the time management aspect is so super critical and people entrepreneurs in general, okay, a lot of times we fly pretty loose, right? We're creative. You got shiny object syndrome. You got distractions. You got people demanding your time. You have all this stuff. What you have to do with time management, I think, is learn to say no more. You know, it's really about saying no and really blocking stuff and like, I'm doing this from this time to this time. And, you know, it's holding to that schedule. That's the difficulty is probably, I can, I can write a great schedule, you know, but sticking to it, that's a whole different thing, right? Yeah, and I think that that probably brings up another point that I'm sure you've run into and a lot of people listening run into is understanding what to say no to. You know, I think a big issue, maybe not the top two or three, but a big issue is people not understanding the actual ideal client and mission of their business where like, 
I someone saying, hey, no job too big or too small. If you got flooring, you know, you're a good referral for us or you're a good client for us. It's just absolutely not true. And people not being able to like really narrow down and hone in on who their ideal client, who their ideal mission is, what types of work should they be doing? If you don't know what you should say yes to, you sure as hell don't know what you should be saying no to. And you turn to businesses that are trying to do everything for everybody. And that's really when failure happens is when you don't really get a good grasp of what you need to be doing every day. hundred uh, percent agree. I, I always use this example too. I go, when you see the truck or the van right in the side, it says specializing in, and they got 12 things, you know, <laughs> well, you're not a special, okay. You're not a brain surgeon, a toe surgeon, a heart surgeon, you know, specializing is specializing. Okay. I don't want the jack of all, you're, you're a jack of all trade specialist, you know, but that's a, uh, that's an outstanding point you just made that, people and it's hard i deal with this all the time like you got to narrow your focus you know because when you narrow your focus and you know exactly what you do guess what you can do with that you can raise your prices because you are the expert you are the focus guy you're going to have the the best referrals the most satisfied clients you're going to be focused on what you do you're going to manage things a lot easier and your business is going to grow and your profit margin is going to grow as well right yeah, and it makes every every decision easier. Like, what should your marketing be? What should your messaging be? What equipment do you need to buy? What skill sets do you need to develop? What employees do you need to hire? If you're doing tile one day, flooring the next, siding the next, roofing the next, fencing the next, you can't build efficient systems and processes because you're not set up to do anything repetitively. And when you don't set up to do anything repetitively, you have to like recreate the wheel every morning with what equipment you need, what tools you need, what skill sets you need. So you're inherently going to be less efficient. So even if you don't raise prices, right, that's ideal. And I agree with you. But if nothing else, you become better at being more efficient in your system and process because you're doing something similar every day or just in how you even say messaging, right? Like you can get better in your marketing on your social media and your content creation and your, your ads. All that stuff can get better because you can speak to a more specific client base as opposed to trying to be, hey, we specialize in all things inside, not outside of a house in Western Pennsylvania, you're not going to get very many clients if you say that. But if you can get more targeted, like, hey, if you have a house that's this size with this problem, we can produce this this solution to give you this benefit. You can get a lot more granular in all of that. Exactly. I mean, again, it's I love that because that's that focus again. Your estimating process becomes systematized, right? Again, when you're doing the nine different things, all totally unrelated. Okay, you don't have a you don't have a, a cohesive estimating process either. So, again, in the big picture, again, when you streamline like that and you're so focused, it does it gives you time for one, right? It's going to give you back a lot of time because you're not you're not scrambling all this. Your office people aren't losing their minds, you know, trying to put all these different pieces together to make one puzzle, you know? So I love that. I mean, it's a, it's a big deal. And like, I, I know I spent a lot of time with clients on that, on the avatar, right? The customer avatar really, I mean, deep dive. Am I, can we go deep? I mean, I want to know what they read. I mean, you can, you can go super deep and some people, some of the sudden like, this doesn't really, you know, this doesn't really relate to me. I go, it does, you know, you got to do it. Me at might have to come back to it, but there's a lot of these things you can fill. And when you understand your customer to that degree, you know, you're, you're, you're so targeted in your marketing, in your approach, in your sales presentations, you know, and how, how you actually deal with this customer because you almost know them better than they do. It's a very powerful thing to be focused like that. It, it, it makes every, like, it goes back to like, what do I say no to? What do I say yes to? 
because it just nothing's ever going to make sense because you not you don't know exactly what you're doing and not doing and that just it gets so exhausting trying to like recreate the wheel every day and all that other stuff it's it's hard so let me ask you then with with your clients you know you've got people who have gone through this process right so when they get to the other side like we, before you step six, right? They had to do one. When they've done the one through six and they get, they finish five and they get to six and they nail six. I mean, what, I mean, I, I know there's fulfillment in this, right? Just like with me and you, but what, when your people, when they reach that and you, I'm sure they share the story, like what, what are you hearing from them when they look back? Like, oh my gosh, was I like whacked with what I was trying to do? You know, I mean, kind of, kind of what, what's their response? What's kind of the enlightenment you're hearing from those guys? I think mostly is they feel more in control of their business as opposed to the business controlling them. I think that's probably the number one thing I hear where like people feel like they're not just showing up and reacting to their world and eat every day. They're more spending time um, actually controlling their world, controlling their time and feeling more confident going in. Cause if you know what today is going to hold for you because you prepared properly, you presented properly, you set up properly. That's a much different experience than like showing up and like not sure what you're going to get today and not sure what you're going to be doing today and not sure all this other stuff and who what employees are going to be doing what and the fears of people not delivering on time or on quality. You know, so the biggest aha moment, I think, is people look back like, how did I even operate in that level of uncertainty? And when you get more control of your time and your approach and your systems and processes and figuring out like, okay, I'm at step six. I know so much more now. Like. I think it's just that awareness and aha moment of like how much more in control people feel at that point. Yeah. Again, agree on that. I've seen with my people too, you know, you start to, and the cool thing about social media, like you can follow these people, right? So you kind of, you know, we're posting up my, you know, our lives and we're doing this, but all of a sudden you start seeing them like actually enjoying life more. They're doing things or taking more time off where they weren't doing this before. You know, so it's, it's that kind of thing. Like you said they've got this control where they can now make plans yeah. to like enjoy themselves a bit. Totally. The getting more done with less time invested. I mean, that's probably like the short, the short answer to it, right? Their businesses are producing more and they're spending less time focused on it. That's like every business owner's dream. It just comes with effort and implementation and action. Yeah, I agree. And it's, and that's another good point right there. The action aspect. All right. Cause man, it all sounds good on paper. Like I wrote a really cool book, a best-selling book on it. Right. <laughs> it's, it's good for nothing if you don't put anything into play, right. All the stuff's there, but you gotta, you gotta swing the bat, so to speak. You know, I mean, you gotta, you gotta get in the game. You gotta, you gotta be able to start like, like we said in the beginning, get uncomfortable and start putting these things and mess up because you're going to screw up, but you're still going to be moving the ball down the field. That's really what you got to do. Is that what you see? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the biggest lessons I learned on this, and I, I'll be honest, I can't remember who I heard it from. I did not come up with this on my own, but the number one way to overcome fear is take action. So anytime that like I am dealing with a client who's something like I'm just scared, well, then go do something. Like go take some action. Go make a call. Go write a letter. Go make a social media post. Go schedule a meeting. You know, the number one way to overcome fear is take action. If you don't take action, you're stuck in the fear forever. Like if you, until you take action, you're stuck in that place. You're stuck in that waiting room of fear of not sure what's coming next. So go do something about it. And when I, when I the first time I heard that, it made so much sense to me. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big guy of action. I've done a lot. Um, and like not bragging, but just like just this year, I started two businesses, ran a coaching business and started a nonprofit. Got my podcast to 50 something episodes. Got my YouTube channel to two videos a week. 
like just a lot. Like I, I get a lot done for, you know, for what, what I have access to. And it came just from taking action. Like don't be afraid of it not working. Be Just go take action on it. And I think too many people, like we talked about very early on in this conversation around the fear stagnates them, but the action is the only way to overcome that. So even if it's not something that you think is going to work, or maybe it's not even on par with the problem you're trying to solve or afraid of, just go take action and you'll be amazed at like taking that one step, what you learn, what you uncover, just even getting out of the the room you're in, go sit somewhere else. And like your brain will just start working differently and you, you'll come up with solutions that you did not have originally. Right. I always say along the same lines, action alleviates anxiety because anxiety is caused by inability to make this a decision. That's what I think, what I've seen with people, you know, anxiety is like, you know, you, you, you're not making a decision. Yes, it could be you're thinking of all these things, but just make that decision. We also call it imp- taking imperfect action, right? So you put those things together and, and I've done it and it's almost like a drug, okay? Taking action will become a drug for you. Like I'm sure with the amount of stuff you've got done this year, you know, you're, a, you're an action addict, okay? Which is a good thing, okay? That's a positive kind of addiction. But when you take that action and all of a sudden things, and it's just you get a calm about you. Because things do happen. If you sit and wallow, nothing changes. But any kind of, like you said, I love that. You just go outside. Like I go, I live in the country. I go outside and I'm like just checking out the trees, watching my chickens run around and stuff, you know, and it, it puts me in a different place. You know, if I'm in, if I'm on the laptop and I'm working, I'm stuck. I literally can just do that, you know, or spend 20 minutes with my kids running around or something, you know, it changes, it changes everything for me. You know, again, you start to recreate that anxiety goes down and you're able to move forward. So yeah, imperfect action is the big thing I preach too, just like you, because Man, if there's one takeaway in this whole thing we're talking about today, it's probably that, right? Well, I mean, there's analogies out the wazoo on this. You know, you know, an expert without a plan will lose to an amateur with a plan every time. But it really just comes down to action. You know, and it's there's no better way to say it. Like, there's nothing else to say. We're saying the same thing. If you're listening right now, and there's something that you've been hesitant on or delaying on. Like, take a step today. Outline something today, write it on a board today, whiteboard it, outline it, break it down, do something, make a call, make the post, the the person that owes you money, like go do something and you'll be amazed at what that will turn into. The snowball effect of a a single action can be incredibly powerful. Yeah, absolutely. And I've had, it's interesting because we talk a lot about coaching, right? Because that's what we do with my coach has done that to me, right? Because I've get, I get stuck just like anyone else. Right. And there's just that one thing will do this that you couldn't even think of, right? And it's only, it's only one thing. I'm like, oh, that works. And I just do it and boom, you're, you're, you're back on the road again, you know? So it's, it's a powerful thing. Yeah. So action is, a, is the biggie for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what else? Let me ask you, like, when you get, as people begin to scale, all right, and they're, they're scaling their business because I, I deal with this a lot. Um, and they're getting to these levels, right? Because again, whether it's a dollar amount or an achievement aspect or a personal development aspect, um, what do you see uh, as they go forward um, and you're working through this stuff? Because people always like time limits, right? Like, well, how long is this going to take? And this and that. And there's never really any real time limit, right? Depends on the individual. But um, from your results standpoint, what do you see? What are you able to do for people? Kind of give me a run through on like, you know, in general, you know, what you see in a six month, one year, two year period, things like that. 
I mean, it's a very uh, subjective answer, right? Because I'm sure just like you, like I deal with clients that are $15 million in business and some that do 300 grand in business a year. So it's definitely different depending on the business and the amount of assets and resources they have. But in general, you know, my average client contract is six months. That's typically what I shoot for because I don't want to just drag someone out forever. It's like, I want to set a very specific target, a deadline. What do we got to accomplish in that, in that time period? So typically I do about six months. I've had clients renew. You know, I've had some clients for two years. Um, but I, I would say the biggest, like in six months, well, I'll reverse engineer. Within three months, we've been able to uncover the gaps and start making changes right? Like it takes me probably 30 to 45 days of weekly conversations to really uncover like the, the blind spots, right? Because many business owners don't even know, like they know the problem, but they don't know why it's happening. So I have to dig into that, uncover things, figure out what's being tracked, what's not being tracked. Typically you're six to 12 weeks of discovery and starting to make changes and implementation and accountability then. But really that second month, that second quarter, that second three month period, uh, at the six month mark, typically there's momentum in a new direction. Um, are the full results, the full uh, benefit of that change being shown yet? Not likely, but by the year mark, if you look back year over year, it, the compound effect of the little changes we make, because the first three to four months is kind of slow, right? I'm sure you experienced that as well, where you can't make massive change quickly for many guys and getting them to implement change quickly is hard and holding them accountable to that is part of it. But I would say by the six month mark, we have three to five new initiatives in motion with accountability, with kind of that initial implement, analyze, adjust. And by the 12 month mark, you can look back on almost every business I've worked with and been like, man, you are a completely different person. It's a completely different business. You're on a, you're on a much more defined and managed mission. So I'd say like that first three months is discovery and implementation of the gaps, you know, that second quarter is definitely like okay let's fine-tune those three to five initiatives and then that that the second six months of that year is really them just starting to bear the fruit of the trees that they've planted in that first three to six months so to be fair with you i've only been doing this for about two years so i don't have uh too many stories beyond that because i just have only been doing it for a certain amount of time but you know i've coached uh i think 55 or 60 businesses in the last two years and I've had one guy that I've been working with for almost the full two years. And you know, he's in an industry where he's in a he owns a franchise. And I'll tell you, his his franchise owners as a whole are down 35%, and he's up 20. So that's a 50% swing from everybody else that's in the same industry from just doing the right things consistently. And it takes time to build relationships and you know, readjust or rechange the mission. And you know, so two years in, he's he's doing really well. Uh, I mean, obviously results will vary. Um, but I'd say that's a pretty typical timeline. What, what are you experiencing from that? And I'm not sure how you, how long you typically deal with people, but how's your experience? It's very, that it's, very, it's that? very similar, you know, because you've always get, um, as a saying, I love to say, there are none so righteous as the newly converted. Okay. So in that beginning, you have to really yeah. capitalize in that first three to six months, like you're saying, because they're, their highest interest is at that point, right? So you, but you got to be working, working, working. So I think you're, you're right on track with your results. You know, I have the same thing. It's six months. Okay. That six month mark, they, I mean, I'm not looking to cut anyone off then, but they have some pretty, pretty significant gains by that six month period. And that's when you then now, now let's, let's work on some vision where we got to go. What's it going to need? And we adjust the programs from there. 
a lot of times. So very, very similar to what you're doing. One thing I'm taking away from what you said too, that's really uh, powerful too, is people need to understand the compound effect, like you said, right? That compound effect, that those little things every day, as they say, add up to a lot. And again, when you're, when you're being coached and someone's now uncovering these blind spots that you might have, these fears, these inabilities to understand where you really need to go, you got to stay after that as you keep working again at compounds, like you said, and you get past year two, like I've done with people on year three and year four. Um, I'm working less with them, but it's, it's, it's way more impact on those, those shorter periods, right? That time we engage, they're taking one or two things and they, they totally focus on that because they've reached that point where they can do that. So that's a powerful aspect. So yeah, as a coach, there's some flexibility in there. Uh, working with people but again it's individual like we've said uh, because everyone's at a different place and other people respond differently to different types of things so we're able to take them through but yeah we're very very much along those same lines and it's a it's a really really cool thing so I just encourage people you know find someone to help you I talk about in my book I was too just too you know too much ego like you said I had too much ego I'm a Marine. I don't need help. I'm going to just put my shoulder down. I'm going to push through. I'll do everything. It takes me, you know, twice as long and twice as hard, but I got it done. But man, I could have compressed so much time if I would have just asked. Right. I'm sure you, you've experienced the same thing, right? You shorten the failure gap, right? You shorten the failure gap. You're going to fail. It's how long does it take you and how much money and time does it cost you in the middle? So someone can help you skip that pain period, skip that dip, skip that failure it's not the money made a lot of times as much as the money saved and time saved. And you get to that next level, that next checkpoint, that next period in your business, you know, without going through all the heartache that we went through. Right. I mean, I failed for just like you failed for, I mean, I never sold a construction product in my life. So I started working for that remodeling company and figured it out and took him from a couple hundred grand to over 2 million in my second year there. That's a lot of growth really quickly. You learn a lot through failure, right? And I, I preach about a lot. Like I've been in the trenches that my clients are in. So I understand not just what they're going through, what's coming, what's coming down the track. What are things you need to avoid? What are things you need to push through? What are things you need to go around to make sure that you don't make the same mistakes that we made? And I think that's one of the biggest things that are is undervalued in the, in the sense of a coach. And people are like, well, how much is my revenue going to grow? I don't know, but how much are your expenses going to drop? Like, let's talk about that. Like how much more efficient are you going to get in your pricing model? You know, so I think there's two sides of that coin. And I think one side is everybody thinks growth is great. I think the right growth is great. And sometimes the right growth means you got to stagnate or even come back a little bit before, you know, kind of propelling forward. Yeah, I agree. One thing I, you know, one of the, one of the best sayings I ever heard, I learned from a mentor of mine was, you know, revenue, you know, feeds the ego, profit feeds the family. All right. Like you were just saying, when you're when you're saving time and you're creating efficiencies and we could spend a whole show on just this, on, on what that's actually creating from a profit standpoint, because, again, another thing I learned, you know, profit is is more than just money. You know, as, as I like to say, it's anything that leads to life. Right. If I can create more time for myself to have more time with my family or to, you know, spend that time with friends or to do things I enjoy, you know, and not be chained to the business. Right. That's profit. That's profit to me. You know, it's not necessarily a dollar amount, but dollar amounts raise as well. So I think that's a that's a very, you know, uh, very insightful thing to look at you know what i mean to really be able to see that and understand and when you get that in your in your in your mindset 
you do look at your business differently and you start to make different decisions because you're feeding, you're feeding your expectation now, right? You're feeding the, the plan. You understand where you want to go and we know how to get there. Obviously you're going to get there quicker, right? I mean, I've never heard it said that way where uh, revenue feeds the ego and profit feeds the family, but I'm definitely stealing that. Yes, it's a, you know. I'm definitely going to use that because that is you're just you're so just we're, we're just you know, like, I'm a million dollar business. five million dollars last year, but like, but it cost me five point five to do it. Well, you don't have a very good business. Yeah, I I have a course. I actually have a course that does. It's funny you say this. I'm laughing because I have a course and it goes on five million. Okay, and it breaks it all down and shows they they lost you know they lost you know seventy nine hundred dollars. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, well, okay, well, you didn't do so well. You did five million though, but you you lost you lost eight grand. You know what I mean? And then we flip it, and all of a sudden you make one point two. You know what I mean? We change all this stuff, so it's kind of cool. So I love it. Right. Like man, this this has been so cool, man. I have loved, yeah. I really enjoyed talking to you. This has been just uh, it's good. I, I really like, I just, again, I love sharing these ideas and uh, I love what we're able to, what both of us are able to do for our clients, right? We, we can make the business world such a better place by what we do. So let me, why don't you give us a way guys can get in contact with you, follow you, everything else, find out more about you, kind of get on, which I know you're a busy guy, uh, but you're all about helping people. So, so give us ways so they can get in touch with you and we can uh, send them your way. Yeah, sure. So if you're, if you're into podcasts, clearly you are listening to this. Big Stud Sales is my podcast. Uh, we've been doing it for a little over a year. Really enjoyed that. Um, on Instagram, I'm at WinRate Consulting, W-I-N-R-A-T-E. Like, what's your win rate? Uh, WinRate Consulting on Instagram are probably the two best places to find me. Um, you know, it's Instagram is my primary platform. But if you just want to give me a, give me an email, it's just Mike at WinRateConsulting.com. So I'd love to talk to you, love to answer questions, love to engage with you. You know, I, I release a podcast every week and two YouTube videos every week. My YouTube channel is just Mike Claudio. Um, not sure if you're going to link that stuff in the show notes or not, but what, 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 that's where you can find me. Best place to find me is Instagram, Matt Winrick Consulting, and the podcast for value, Big Stud Sales. I will put those in the show notes. I'll get all that. So you'll be, you'll be set. So if people are listening, look at the show notes. You'll be able to get these links direct if you don't remember them. Uh, absolutely love to do that, man. I love to help other guys out, just like guys like you who are making a difference out there. You know, it's really, really important that we share the message, right? They give people hope because I see a lot of hopelessness in the business world. You know, guys who are they're beating their head against the wall. They're not getting where they want to go. And it's just for lack of direction. You know, and they just, they just need guys with us who have had the experience, who have been through all this stuff, still doing it. And we're able to just help others. And that's what it's all about. I agree. It's been great. Really appreciate it. It was an awesome conversation. I mean, I was expecting us to agree on a lot of stuff and I'm glad we did. Yeah, it's good. I just, you know, let's just keep doing what we're doing, Mike. I'm going to have you on again. We'll talk again. We'll come up with some, uh, we'll get, we'll, we'll, maybe we'll do a, maybe we'll do a challenge segment. We'll get, we'll get a bunch of challenges our, our clients have had and we'll kind of discuss those. You know what I mean? That, that might be kind of fun. I kind of put that stuff together to give some people some ideas oh, on uh, Yeah. Cool. Well, I love it, man. Well, again, thanks for being on. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. You're a man who gets things done, a man of action. I love it, man. I just love it. So we're going to leave everyone with that action, baby. Take some action. Action alleviates anxiety. Get it done. Imperfect action wins the day, right? Absolutely. All right, brother. Thanks again. I really appreciate it. Appreciate it. it.
Thank you for listening to the ETOP Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, and if you liked what you've heard, please leave a great review for us. Your subscription and review helps us reach more people so we can show them how to escape the owner prison. Also, check out the links in the show notes about today's guests and more ways to connect with ETOP on social media. Stay strong and keep moving forward with your business.